Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the Bebop. This is Demetrius, and it is with more somber news that post-recording, we learned that Isao Takahata, one of the famous directors of Studio Ghibli, passed in 2018 due to lung cancer. Rest in peace, Isao Takahata. It feels like we just learned and met you, as well as lost you, in the same day. This was truly a man dedicated to his craft, and without further ado, we are going to get back to our upbeat selves and talk about some of the great works that he achieved. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. After our week break, my name is Wes, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Demetrius. Kiryu-chan. Ooh, and Saeed. Yurr! (laughs) (laughs) Bro, my headphones right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're fresh Uh, off the Yakuza. (laughs) Yakuza type of vibe uh thanks to everyone for sticking around big announcement that we put on our instagram is we put on a story we didn't make an official post because we're trying to brainstorm what we can do to celebrate but we hit 1000 downloads slash listens because buzzsprout statistic uses weird thing but hey congratulations to us but congratulations clap it up to you guys congratulations 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 Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) so uh Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. We said it in our Instagram story, but we're just three dudes talking about a thing that we've all talked about since high school, putting it out on the internet, uh, because why not? And we never thought we would be at this point right now. In fact, peek behind the scenes. uh, Right now, we are at about to hit 1,100 listens after our week off. So with this podcast, it's probably going to hit it. So, just in advance, thank you guys for that 1100. Thank you for that 1100. Thank you for listening to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. And, and you're welcome. And, <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maui. <laughs> Yo, Saeed's on his Dwayne The Rock Johnson grind right now. <laughs> um, so, first things first, we did our last two episodes were video game episodes. So, we said that people, if you could go to our socials, at Backlog Bebop on Instagram, Backlog underscore Bebop, which you should follow if you don't, because we post, like, figure pics, our schedules, when podcasts are posted, what podcasts we're about to be about, and questions. So, we asked people to comment their favorite video game series of all time, or some of their favorite franchises, and got a pretty good response. So, we're going to read those off right now. Let's give... Let's give a, a big shout out to all these people. Big thank you. And let's see let's see if we get a little bit of reaction here. So, C 12 friend of the podcast Willie says uh, Halo 2 and The Last of Us. Oh, nice. First Last of Us, not the second Last of Us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> so, respect, respect. Um, Heart of Stone, friend of the friend of the podcast Brett Emmerich. Didn't actually post anything, but he did say we out here running train on zombies. Shout out to Saeed. <laughs> gang, gang. Run it, gang, gang. Laser guns and running all. Running train. Yup. Choo-choo, baby. Uh, James Clancy said Mass Effect 1 was probably his favorite game of all time. That's a pretty good choice. And the Mass Effect, the Mass Effect franchise might be his favorite franchise of all time. So, Interesting. Never uh, played shout it before. Out. Yo, very fun. Very fun. I only ever played the first two. Um, actually, going back to Brett Heart of Stone, different post because we posted more than once. He did say Dead Space Two was really, really good, and that him and his friends actually used to play like that game nights in the basements, and they would just play Dead Space One, and Dead Space Two all the time. So, oh, nice. Get spooked. Such a good game. Um, Danny Klavik, aka now Danny Turek, also friend of the podcast. Congratulations to Danny and Turek. Uh, shout out on your 
on your uh, marriage. She says the Billy Hatcher game and the original Animal Crossing. Yo, Billy Hatcher is not a name I've heard. I've never heard of recently. that. It was yeah, like this. It, it was this obscure like GameCube game uh, that was made by the team behind Sonic, and it was this kid. He had like a little chicken hat on, and he had to push an egg around. Um, but he had very similar proportions to Sonic, so shout out. And then ra- wrapping it all up again, uh, Zach Turek. I call him Turek because we went to school together. Again, congratulations to you and Danny. Uh, he says his favorite games. He actually listed five of them off. So here we go: Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Good man. ATV, mm-hmm. ATV Off-Road Fury 2. Yo. <laughs> that okay. game was more fun. That game was more fun than people give it credit for. It did was more guys, fun than it had any yo, right Did to you guys be. ever play Pure? No, I didn't. Pure no. is like a, a racing game on like crack cocaine. Because it was yo, just I'll, like I'll you could do all these tricks that are insane. I'll have to show you guys on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, people, check out Pure, too. Let us know if you've heard of that game. Um, then he says Overwatch. We played a lot of Overwatch together, so shout out. RuneScape. Ooh, oh, throwing wow. it back. Throwing it back to RuneScape. And then uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 to round his list off. Mm. Oh, nice. So, thank you to everybody, uh, again, for commenting. If you don't follow us on our socials at backlog underscore bebop, just backlog bebop, uh, we that's where you can put that's where you can put these these little answers to questions. We'll give you shout outs, all that. But wrapping up, wrapping that up, moving on to the meat and potatoes of this um, of this podcast episode. Again, if you follow us on social, you would know we took the week off to do a little bit of research to to gather our thoughts, get back into the anime mindset, and we've decided to kind of dip into an older school style of podcast episode i'd like to say one that kind of started off our weekly series um and that's the more informational episode so we are going to be talking about well first saeed how do you say the name of this studio we're about to be talking about i say ghibli i also say ghibli see i thought for the longest time it was studio ghibli but is it not? It turns out it is Studio Ghibli, bro. Oh wow! I mean, in terms of Gi- Ghibli, in terms of like, and I could be wrong, but in terms of Japanese spelling, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I still want to call it Ghibli. I think oh, it's based a- off an airplane because he. I know Miyazaki was uh, a big fan of airplanes or something like that, and I think there's a it- Ghibli airplane. It very well, it very well could be, um, dog. There's just something funny about the way Ghibli sounds to me, bro. But oh, so, uh, no, uh, side note about the word Ghibli. I was kind of hyped. Well, I was looking at cars years ago for mm-hmm. boy reasons. But um, uh, uh-huh. there's a Maserati whose name is Ghibli. Yep. Spelled the exact the same Maserati way. Maserati Ghibli. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Um, but. So we will be talking about Studio Ghibli, Ghibli. Apologies if we switch pronunciations throughout or we literally just call it Ghibli because that's the way we always said it. Um, yeah. But what is Studio, Studio Ghibli? Ghibli. <laughs> Studio Dog, Ghibli. Studio, Studio, Studio Glizzy, Ghibli. bro. Yeah, Ghibli. From iCarly, shout out. <laughs> Ghibli. Yo, go, to the, go to the YouTubes, everybody. Go to the good old YouTubes. And type in Gibby falling and just watch the scene of like Gibby falling. <laughs> the I, he legit fell. Like there was no pad. He was not wired up. They just he just like fell f- forward from off screen <laughs> onto the ground. I watched like a, a stuntman video on it, and people were like, "Yeah, that was legitimately just like when you see him hit, you see him try to hit all the points of contact, so it disperses thing." Anyway, we're talking about Gibby too much. Um, Future. Podcast. So, what is Studio Ghibli? Um, if you're if you're into the anime scene, you definitely know. Uh, even if you're relatively new or just more of like a low key watcher of anime, you've probably heard of him, because I would say it's probably the most prolific and well known anime studio. Would you guys agree uh, to that? Yeah, one? Mm-hmm. yeah. I'd mm-hmm. say a lot of non anime fans also enjoy quote unquote Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. And um, movies is an important thing because they're pretty much just well known 
for their hand-drawn, super detailed, like painstakingly done uh, anime feature films. So you're not going to find really like Studio Ghibli uh, TV series, even though I know Goro Miyazaki, who we'll talk about later, did like a short form, um, like quote unquote anime series for, I think it was on Amazon Prime here in the West or something. I'm not entirely sure of the name. Uh, it was CG too, I believe. But um, Studio Ghibli, yeah. Studio Ghibli. They, <laughs> ugh, we'll talk about CG again coming up as well because times are a changing. Uh, but they're, it's just an anime movie studio that does hand drawn, really gorgeous animation. We'll get into all the, the details. The style later. is like unmistakable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you see it, if you see it, except for maybe Mary and the Witch's Flower, which we'll talk about towards the end of this podcast, there's nothing else that looks like it. Um, the art direction, all of that, it's it's incredible. The music, ooh, ooh oh yeah, the music. So we're gonna so we're gonna try to break it down just a little bit informationally. Loose structure is going to be there's gonna we're gonna kind of talk about pre Studio Ghibli and the founding of it. Uh, some important figures and movie releases that you might have heard about within the company and outside of the company. Uh, briefly touch upon Western partnerships because the internet did go the internet did go a little crazy when there were rumors slash announcements that studio ghibli movies were going to be on netflix um which isn't entirely true we'll talk about that in that section and then kind of offshoots of studio ghibli and the future of where it's going so without any further ado are you guys ready to hop right into this yep so studio ghibli was founded by prolific anime director maybe the biggest name in anime outside of tezuka uh, we're talking Hayao Miyazaki, who you guys you guys know that misquote of him, right? That good anime meme. Anime, anime was, was a mistake. mistake. <laughs> anime was a mistake <laughs> of him. Um, you've probably seen the meme going around. That's what it is. Uh, it was he founded it. Uh, someone named Isao Takahata, who is another anime director in the company, and who Miyazaki sees as probably his biggest rival. There's actually. NHK put out like a six part documentary series that was like 20 years with Miyazaki or something and they just followed him through his entire career super interesting Hmm. Um, I caught the latter half of it definitely worth checking out and then the producer uh, Toshio Suzuki so Miyazaki, Takahata and Suzuki three dudes founded Studio Ghibli but how did we get to that point well Miyazaki and Takahata they were already kind of experienced in the in the anime world, I guess. So tell me, guys, tell me if you guys heard of good old uh, The Great Adventure of Horus, Prince of the Sun, or Panda, with an exclamation, part, uh, exclamation mark. Go, Panda. You guys heard of those movies? I have not. No. Well, well neither have I, but those are two <laughs> movies that good old Miyazaki and Takahata worked on. They didn't direct them, but they worked together to help put these together. Probably doing key animations, probably doing whatever. Um, meanwhile, Suzuki, he worked for this one... Um, he worked for kind of this Japanese publishing company and bounced around from place to place until finally becoming an editor at Animage, which is an, a, a manga magazine. And once he got there, he kind of would reach out for interviews to Miyazaki and Takahata, especially for The Great Adventure of Horus, Prince of the Sun, which, again, never heard of this. Uh, never heard of this movie interesting hmm. maybe egyptian maybe god. i should look into it sun god. um the sun god yeah some egyptian themed in some japanese anime uh as long as they're playing you card know. games you know it's ac- yep, accurate yep, yep, yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but suzuki was constantly declined when he would ask for interviews from for them on horus and that was the first thing he actually wanted to do interviews on but later on um miyazaki would get his first feature film which would be Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro. Ooh, which, if you're yeah. if you're an, if you're an anime fan, you know Lupin the Third is like kind of one of those old school but very well known pillars of anime mm-hmm. about yep. a thief and his little merry band going against uh, Zenigata, Inspector Zenigata. They're always up to shenanigans. It's it's been getting refreshed in different parts, but Miyazaki's first actual feature film was this Lupin the Third movie. Suzuki being the editor at a manga and anime magazine was like I need to get an interview with him calls him up and actually starts getting interviews with Miyazaki in 1979 which keeps kind of the 
um, the telephone lines, the communication open between them, that's important later. Because Miyazaki, Animage, the manga magazine, would run manga series too. And Miyazaki decided he was going to kind of get into that, and he wrote one called Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Hmm. Which... Miyazaki um, wrote that manga? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Which, depending on the source you're reading, there's some reports that say that the manga started up because Suzuki, who was on the production team with Miyazaki for the movie Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, Miyazaki already kind of wanted to tell this story, but since it was a brand new franchise or a brand new IP, to use kind of video game terms, they wanted to hype stuff up about it, so... That's why he started doing a manga to actually mm. hype people up for the movie. Um, so Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind comes out and it's actually, it was written for a studio called Topcraft Studio. Common, one of the many common misconceptions uh, that people have is that Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind is a Studio Ghibli movie, but it's actually not. It was Miyazaki's kind of first take at what would become a Studio Ghibli formula, but it's mm-hmm. not a Studio Ghibli movie. Oh, so it's like so, a that you brought up because a lot of the themes in Nausicaa are prevalent in almost all of Miyazaki's work. Mm-hmm. So Nausicaa is one of my personal favorites, um, mm-hmm. but that's for another another time. But so Nausicaa comes out in 1984, and it's a resounding success for Topcraft. So what you're you're kind of a youngish like person dire- animator, a writer directing your first anime anime uh, movie outside of Lupin the Third Castle of Cagliostro, which was its own um, already existing kind of brand, right? So this is your first crack at it. So what do you guys think with all this success, good old Miyazaki and Suzuki decided to do? Jump ship, make their own stuff. Oh, yeah, we'll do it on our yep. own. <laughs> These guys jumped ship. Um, Suzuki left Animage, grabbed Miyazaki, and they formed Studio Ghibli. But you can't have a studio with just two dudes. So Miyazaki, having experience with the great adventure of Horus, Prince of the Sun, and Panda, go Panda, um, having experience <laughs> with... Dog, there are the exclamation marks there. I gotta read it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, having experienced work with um, Isao Takahata, Miyazaki called him up and was like, look, we're starting our new studio. We want you to come in. And that is how this was founded. 1985, the year immediately after Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind came out. Also the year the Bears won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Shout out to the Chicago Bears. <laughs> thank, thank you guys for giving my Green Bay Packers two wins every year. Oh. <laughs> Jay Cutler is one of my favorite Green Bay Packers players. Thanks for all those. <laughs> thanks for all those picks, my guy. Um, but anyway, anyways, um, so that's the pre-Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli founding section. We're moving on now to the important figures, having kind of talked about some of the guys and uh, movie releases. So to kind of stress how almost well-known how important how influential studio ghibli studio ghibli movies are i'm just gonna say ghibli from now on i'm sorry to the people that are gonna be mad but ghibli bro i'm not about it uh, to stress how important these movies are six of the 10 highest grossing anime movies ever in japan are studio ghibli movies studio ghibli movies six of ten and spirited away 60 percent is yep 60 percent is from one studio uh, Spirited Away, last I checked, was still the number one highest-grossing anime movie in Japan. Um, but worldwide, it's number two because you know your name kind of came in and took the world by storm, not just Japan by storm. But so still, if you ask you me, have, which one holds up more? Spirited, yeah, Spirited Away, Away, all day. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away, your name, man talk about different different time different time. Ghibli still really good movie. in that yeah ghibli movies are special in that they have a lot of replay value oh yeah mm-hmm. your name does not have a lot of replay value Mm-mm. yeah no. it's a but unfortunately, man i could watch spirited a, away it's a one and done type of movie mm-hmm. 
Um, and on the topic of Spirit Away, it is the only hand-drawn, non-English created, like non-Western created animation to win an Academy Award. It won Best Animation at the Academy Awards. Um, and it's well-deserved. Well-deserved, and that might not seem like a big deal for some people, but you gotta remember, this is competing with, like, Disney in the West. And it's competing with a panel of judges made out of Americans, or, like, Western film, uh, like, important film giants, right? So, Spirit mm-hmm. Away, huge for winning that. And on top of that, five of their films they've put out have received at, at least Academy Award nominations. So, it's not just a Japan thing, it's globally recognized, um... And this is where we kind of get into some of the important people and movie releases in Studio Ghibli, a deeper look at them. One common misconception, though, that we got we to gotta kind of get out of the way is that not every Studio Ghibli film is a Hayao Miyazaki film. And I didn't right, did know that. Of, <laughs> I'll be there honest. There are a lot of people. Mm-hmm, and and it's, it's totally understandable because Miyazaki is so closely tied to the image of Studio Ghibli, right? Um, mm-hmm. really the top two directors at Studio Ghibli are Miyazaki and Takahata but listen to some of these movies and I didn't even include the movies that Miyazaki has collaborated with people within the studio on so listen to some of these movies that were just directed by Miyazaki you ready for this? we have Castle in the Sky Laputa Castle in the Sky My Neighbor Totoro banger. another banger Porco Rosso. I do know, Prin- know what that is. I don't know what that is. Princess Mononoke. Banger. Spirited Away. Banger. Yep. Howl's Moving Castle. Banger. Banger. Ponyo. I like Maybe pon- not so like much a banger. But it's still good. Still good. Uh, and The Wind Rises. Oh. Which was his last one before he retired. And then unretired, but he still hasn't put anything else out. Um, he's working on a new movie right now called How Do You Live, which was supposed to be released this year, but they said he only had like 36 minutes done of it as of end of 2019. So they hope 2023 it comes out. He's leaving it behind as a message to his grandson, uh, as he has mm. said. Mm. But just that list alone, like, would it would you would it be safe to say from you guys that like? Probably, if you had to make a list of your favorite Ghibli movies, they'd almost all be Miyazaki movies. Uh, most of it would be. Probably. There's one that we're going to talk about later There's one there, too. There's one in particular. In fact, let's, let's get in this, because while Miyazaki yeah. has that incredible library of movies, right? Not to mention a few others he's, again, worked on, maybe three or four he's worked on with other people at Studio Ghibli. There's someone else... And going back to that NHK documentary I was talking about, which I will look up once these guys get into talking a little bit towards the whenever. Uh, when I get a chance, I'll look it up and I'll get the definitive name and drop it at the end of the episode. Um, they mentioned that Miyazaki's driving force to making these good movies is the fact that the only person he considers a rival to him is the other director in Studio Ghibli, and that is Isao Takahata. Now... Probably not a name anyone here has heard or even tries to think about, like, the casual person or maybe even the Ghibli fan doesn't really associate that with Studio Ghibli. Uh, It doesn't associate Isao Takahata with that. But this man worked on Grave of the Fireflies. He directed Grave of the Fireflies. That's the one that's in my top for Ghibli movies. Mm -hmm. You want to cry, bro? Yeah, I still haven't seen it. If you want to cry, you watch that movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, um... Real quick side note, I saw Iron Maiden in concert a couple years ago, and the bassist, Steve Harris, I'm pretty sure that's his name, his son has a band called The Raven Age, and they opened for Iron Maiden, trust me, this is going to be anime related, and one of the last songs they played as it got super dark in the outdoor venue, they were like, alright everyone take your phone out, like flicker your lights on your phone, because this song is based off one of our favorite movies, this song is called Grave of the Fireflies. Ooh. Ooh, and the powerful and the i don't know if anyone else at this like metal concert understood that 
but when they said this song was based off grave of the fireflies and the lyrics like kind of match up the story i was like oh no <laughs> um, but so he worked on grave of the fireflies only yesterday palm poco my neighbors the yamadas and most recently and the one that miyazaki in this documentary said was really spurning or spurring him on to complete the wind rises and might even have affected him coming out of retirement uh, is the tale of princess kaguya and to show how much of even though these are smaller ghibli movies to show how much of bangers these are and why it's worth that miyazaki sees him as a rival out of every movie studio ghibli has ever put out every single one it's only received three 100 ratings on rotten tomatoes like take it or leave it whatever you think about rotten tomatoes but it's only received three 100 on rotten tomatoes those three movies were grave of the fireflies only yesterday and tale of princess kaguya and all three movies were not hayao miyazaki movies from studio ghibli Ooh. Mm, that means so, they were isao takahata yes so if you haven't watched I've, I've heard really good things grave of the fireflies again incredible yes to be honest powerful. i haven't i haven't watched only yesterday and I've heard incredible things about Tale of Princess Kaguya, and I've seen the trailers and all of it, and it looks incredible. So, check those three a, out. We should do a Takahata movie night one day. Dog, we should oh, do true. a Takahata movie night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your friends together, and you guys out there, do some Studio Ghibli movie nights, and tell us what your favorites are. Yeah, a little, a little behind the scenes. Every Saturday, we do some sort of anime-ish related movie night with the boys. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It's a fun time. You guys should do it, too. Our listeners out mm-hmm. there. For sure. Um, So, those are the two main kind of directors in Studio Ghibli, but there is a third kind of rising star in Ghibli. Maybe it's unfair to heap all of this expectation upon this guy, but it is Hayao Miyazaki's son, Goro Miyazaki. He released his first feature film in 2006, Tales from Earthsea. Um, And, well, I'll get into this story later. He did 2006 Tales from Earthsea, which got pretty mixed reviews then he went on to do from up on poppy hill which i haven't seen but i've heard it's a masterpiece i've heard it's really really good i've heard the name and yo later on saeed i know you're about to have feelings about this because this man is also i said he was working on that uh that he or he did that all cg like short anime series (laughs) he's doing studio ghibli's first uh cg entirely cg movie earwig and the witch so does it does it son. look okay? Have you guys seen any trailers? Yo, I so have you seen hit trailers. Up with that. I have seen trailers, and it looks like if any if anybody here or listening has seen the Cartoon Network original movie during Halloween, I believe it's called Scary Godmother. The animation reminds me of that, a little higher quality version of that. And I'm not that big of a fan of that animation style for a studio like Ghibli, because me personally, uh. I like the hand-drawn aspect of animated movies. Even in Disney's uh, case, oh, once yeah. they've started shifting away from the hand-drawn, I'm, I am mm-hmm. i don't know. The magic of it's not there for me. That's why The Princess and the Frog, to me, was so awesome, because it was back to the hand-drawn for it's one movie. It's so underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're redoing um, Splash Mountain at Disney World. Because it was based off of um, oh, that yeah. one super racist Disney movie they want you to forget about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Something Song of the South. And they're redoing it Princess and the Frog. And I swear, bro. If they don't have that movie. one voodoo... If they don't have that voodoo dude song. For as real. you're about to like fall down where he's Ooh. like, are you ready? Bro. Such good, anyway, like, such good like animation. And that villain was... Right. Again, underrated. Super, super yeah. cool. And that's just that magic of hand-drawn that's that another Ghibli thing. and Disney is kind of known for. Yeah, do you think uh, Ghibli is following suit through the Disney model as they well, shift away from the hand-drawn? Uh, let's, well, we'll answer that question here in a little bit because Ghibli has some ties to Disney that you guys might not know about oh, that, yes. I, that I discovered. Oh, the, the mouse has his... Um, houses- Paws and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, the mouse. The mouse must feed. But anyway, real quick, the <laughs> documentary. It's online, uh, too. You can watch it online. 
It is a, I believe, six part from NHK World Japan. It's called Ten Years with Hayao Miyazaki. It's exclusive four part documentary chronicling the creative process of the legendary Japanese filmmaker over ten years. So nice. Mm-hmm. It's online. Check it out. Um, really good. But funny story with Goro Miyazaki. Uh, that they show in this documentary. I'm, I recently watched this documentary once quarantine started, so kind of fresh in my mind. He had Tales from the Earthsea. That was his first movie, right? 2006. They did the private screening for its premiere, and Hayao Miyazaki was invited, his father. And his father showed up. If you haven't heard of Tales from the Earthsea, to keep it kind of spoiler-free, it has to do with... Uh, the relationship between a son and his father and perhaps the son maybe going out to kill his father based on prior work Um, during the premiere about halfway through the movie Hayao Miyazaki straight up walked out of the movie theater Oh, and the documentary crew the documentary crew like ran with him and they found him in the lobby smoking because you can smoke inside in Japan and they asked him what was up and he pretty much just was like i could see my son's emotions that he put into that movie and that's not the way movies should be made with your personal emotions in them he pretty much take. he pretty much just said like he was like my son is still i think the actual quote he was like my son is not yet a man he is still a child when it came Damn. to making these movies mm. and they asked him if he was going to go back in and he was smoking and he was like I feel like I've been in there for days with how this oh. movie has been going. Jeez. So he pretty much just ruined... Because he was known as an absentee father because of how busy he was with all of these movies. Because, again, hand-drawing these. Uh, he said back in the day in his prime he could knock out about 10 minutes of animation a month. And now he's out to about one minute of animation. But for these 120-minute-plus movies, almost, 10 minutes a month is a long time. And you're burning the midnight oils, right? Mm-hmm. so he kind of looked at this and was like damn my son is kind of like calling me out for everything um but they said in private after the movie screening like he didn't even congratulate his son at the movie screening but they had a little thing where it was like after the movie screened he called his son up and told him it was a fine movie but i mean yo that's that asian dad stereotype yeah where he was dude. like <laughs> yeah not good enough not good enough you I made a feature like a weird take, not putting your emotions into your work. It's a very odd. Mm-hmm. But very I've, odd take. I've heard that though. Like I've seen it in uh, what was it? That manga Bakuman. Like there was yep. there was that one dude, one assistant Classic. dude who kept putting all of his emotions into his work, and it like clouded it pretty hard. Ah, oh, I see, I see, I see. Like if it, you if your emotions imagine. impede the story. To where it's not performing in the best way possible, then I, I totally agree. I understand. Good point. Good point. You got to imagine, like Demetrius, like you were saying, if it's too much in there, it's hard for people to relate if they don't have that same experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe he looked at the movie and was like, "I didn't have issues with my dad the way that this movie is gi- giving me vibes that the creator did." So it's kind of wasn't hitting. So it it doesn't make mm. sense. But man, your son. Is make he's following in your footsteps to become a director, the most acclaimed anime studio out there, and he puts out his first feature length movie, and you walk out in the middle of it, bro. <laughs> oh, that, that's Jesus, a statement. you're not a man yet. Yeah. <laughs> not only does he say you're not a man yet, this man looks in the camera and says it, knowing that it's about to be on documentary. <laughs> but hey. Goro Miyazaki came out next time with From Up on Poppy Hill, which a lot of people consider extremely top tier in Studio Ghibli. So, he bounced back. Um, But there are other Ghibli animators that have gone on to work on many popular movies and series. Not necessarily the directors, but you know, when you're making anime, uh, in general, there's the director, and then there are like lead animators that kind of know the art style, that do art corrections for all of the uh, kind of just regular animators and key animators that are doing those in-between little frames. Like, it's it's a whole process. So a lot of these animators have gone on to work on many popular movies and series, which we'll touch on in a bit. 
Um, because right now, we're going to move on to a very brief Western Partnerships section with a story that Saeed, he looked at this beforehand. And I think, Demetrius, you said that you'd heard of this story, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't been confirmed as being true. But it's very, it's a very interesting kind of, <laughs> even if it's not true, illustrative of uh, the how seriously they take it. Um, but Western Partnerships, kind of, and this this hits home for me. Because I buy a lot of Blu-rays, and this really pissed me off initially. So, <laughs> Demetrius know knows, exactly too. exactly what you're talking Demetrius about. Knows. <laughs> he knows, too. So, um, briefly, Disney was the original distribution partner for Studio Ghibli. Right? They put the movies out. That's why you'd see commercials for them on Disney Channel here on the West. They had Disney stars do the voices. I know for... Um, Arietti, the secret world of Arietti, or whatever that one was called. They had some of the cast from uh what was the Selena Gomez one? The Witches. Uh the Witches Disney show. That, you know what I'm talking about? Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, Wizards yeah, of Waverly. Yeah, Wizards of Waverly Place. They had some of the cast to do the voice for the secret world of Arietti. Like it was it was very weird. Uh, but Disney was the original distri- part- distribution partner in the West for Studio Ghibli. And the former president, here's the link I was telling about, the former president of Disney Japan became the Studio Ghibli president in 2005. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if he's still the president, but if he is, bro, Saeed, you could be onto something with them following this CG trend here. Right. right. The connection is there. Mm-hmm. It's all Steve it Jobs' is. fault. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Steve Jobs started Pixar. It's oh, true. Yeah, he, he did. did. No, he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Man was multi-talented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Disney was the initial distribution partner. Former president of Disney Japan became the Studio Ghibli president. And Studio Ghibli itself was a subsidiary company initially of Tokuma Shoten, which was this larger kind of media group that was partnered with Disney until 2005 when... Ghibli split and became its own independent studio, but still worked very closely with Disney because the distribution partner. Now, here's this story. Saeed, you were you were dying about this, so you want to tell this story real quick? Um, the one with the... Okay, okay. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. yep, yep. So, ooh, where do I start? It's very... It's it's, it's crazy, but um, whatchamacallit? Uh, Princess Mononoke. Princess Momonoke. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, this is important to know. The visuals for Princess Mononoke. It is a pretty graphic movie. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so pretty, because it's pretty violent. Yeah. So I guess the co- cultural context. I guess uh, Japanese a little bit, or the Japanese culture is a little bit more. Uh, is the word lenient or? out like mm-hmm. okay with like graphics like shown to kids and stuff like that compared to the west especially back when princess momonoke came out so uh disney wanted to edit uh many movies to be more marketable to western audiences and it came up for princess momonoke uh and uh according to quote unquote legend apparently Studio Ghibli sent over a single katana to Disney HQ with a note that just said no cuts because they wanted to cut some stuff. Pretty Yakuza type stuff, bro. Yo. I mean, if they want to send a katana over to us, bro, I'll, 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 I'll accept it. But if that's true, just imagine, dude. You're some, you're some white CEO dude running Disney. Right. Uh, in in the nineties, and a samurai sword comes up to your thing, and it just mm-hmm. says no cuts, bro. Right. <laughs> I was also gonna received. bring up maybe, yeah, maybe this is just me hype, like just thinking out loud. But uh, maybe Japan has some kind of stigma or a guard up against Western companies or partnerships because of what Yo, Disney let them itself know. did to uh, Osama Tezuka. Side note, because Osama. He said Osama, bro. You heard it? Is it? Is it <laughs> he did say Osama. Is it not this Osama? Man, I, tr- I tried to get this man to say Osama when we were talking about Osamu Tezuka. Osamu. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Tezuka Yo, was NSA, in don't, don't with listen Disney to this. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tezuka, back in the day, was also in partnership with uh, Disney. 
and uh, they were working on stuff because Suzuka was heavily influenced by Disney. Uh, and uh, if you guys don't know, Kimba the Lion was something uh, Tezuka's company and uh, Disney were in partnership with that they were developing. But then Tezuka died, and Disney took the concept of Kimba the Lion and turned it into a quote-unquote Disney original Lion King when it wasn't really a Disney original Lion King because it was heavily influenced by Kimba the Lion by Tezuka. Kimba? Simba? Mm. Yeah, Kimba. Mm. Kimba, Simba. Kimba's a white lion. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the toucans in there, the hyenas, Timon and Pumbaa, the baboon, everything's Yo. in Kimba. He, there's crazy. that time skip where he starts off as a little lion cub and then gets right. banished away and comes back as an adult lion, bro. Right, right, right. All that. And also, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the reason the Tezuka Foundation or something are still a little bit iffy with Disney is because Disney never admitted to anything or apologized or anything like that. So I'm wondering if Ghibli at this point in time had that in mind. I, I would say no they knew about it, like, for it sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's This is a classic so, yeah, example the... of one of those times where it's like, hey, you can copy my homework, but just don't make it look the same. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yo. I bet those memes are out there for Simba and Kimba. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Oh, look yeah. up Kimba the oh, White yeah. Lion, people. Educate yeah. yourself. But um, it's all connected. So that's that story. Oh, the crazy thing is but, the uh, early oh, conceptual ahead, art for quote-unquote Lion King was a white lion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Caught red-handed, mouse man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, T.O. You, you, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, um, so that's that story about the no cuts thing. It just shows even if it's not true, uh, even if it's been disproven, which there are probably articles out there stating whether or not it has, it just goes to show kind of the the legendary status of how serious Studio Ghibli takes these movies. Um, but back to why Demetrius was laughing because he knew my pain. <laughs> Dog, these <laughs> these Disney home videos were some trash, bro. So let me explain. Because Disney, um, they had the distribution rights for movies and for Blu-rays. So like in theater and at home distribution. But you know, stuff can get expensive uh, sometimes there may or may not be a market for some things. So in 2011, a company called G Kids acquired the rights just to theatrical release. Sounds a lot like Four Kids. Oh, yo, go listen to our Four Kids episode. Um, I feel like I pl- we plugged that one so much. That was the first one, wasn't it? It was. It was one of the first ones. It yeah. was in the first five. I think it was four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go check out the Four Kids episode. But so G Kids in 2011 for however they did it, got the rights to just theatrically releasing Ghibli movies. So Disney still had home release rights, but 4Kids was handling, you know, licensing with Studio Ghibli, um, bringing them into theaters, all that stuff. But these Disney home releases, shout out to, I forget, I'm sorry, I forget your name, the person that won our giveaway, um last year that we sent a Gundam model kit because we partnered with that Gundam store, the Gundam kitchen in New Jersey. And then uh, we sent that and a bunch of studio Ghibli movies because they were the Disney releases and I didn't want them anymore. (laughs) Uh, Vanessa Snodgrass, shout out to you. Shout out to you for winning that. I hope you enjoy those movies. But the, the issue with these Disney releases that a lot of people had was they thought that Disney was really only focusing on their English script adaptation mm-hmm. of these movies. Because if you watch it in Japanese and you turn the subtitles on, the subtitles were matched up with the English script and not the Japanese script. So, perfect example, I'm watching Castle in the Sky and um, main character is talking with this witch and these side characters are kind of like talking and like commenting and stuff and you can hear their Japanese but there are no subtitles for it because Mm. they never dubbed it over in English so they're like little side conversations you miss or little comments that characters say or there'll be like a pretty long sentence 
that someone will say constantly throughout these films and it'll be super shortened or kind of changed up in a weird way and i can confirm this because i watched the g kids release of it too um and they're the g kids version is much more on brand with being faithful to the japanese to the point where if you watch it in english and then you watch it in japanese with subtitles the dialogue and the audio is going to be different because the subtitles are matching japan so disney I what the hbo a lot of, max one is huh i wonder what the hbo max one is Ooh, no, I think, so I think they have, it's, um, G-Kids. I think they have the G-Kids versions. Oh, okay, okay, Um, so, and we'll, we'll talk about HBO Max here in a second, because that has to deal with kind of how the internet got in a tizzy a little while ago, or how they constantly were, uh, for a bit. So, people were not happy with these Disney releases. You could go into a store, and they would constantly be on sale for, like, five bucks a Blu-ray, because no one was buying them. Um, I guess some of the animation, just the way that they compressed the animation files and put it in some of the colors would be either like too saturated or not saturated enough they they weren't good blu-ray releases essentially um but 2011 comes or 2017 comes around and good old g kids from 2011 rolls up and now gets the distribution rights to the entire studio ghibli library so like i kind of alluded to they fixed audio issues they matched the subtitles up with the japanese version they edited some of the visuals to make it more true to form. Pretty much the definitive. Now, the prices, now they're back up to like 15 to 20 bucks a movie instead of the super cheaper Disney versions. But it's the way they were kind of intended to see. So now, as of right now, G-Kids has the rights to theatrical and Blu-ray releases. Including Saeed's soon-to-be favorite... Um, soon-to-be's favorite movie the good old uh cg earwig in the witch g kids yeah. got the rights to that uh, to bring it to the west there was a little so, misinformation when that was going around you're saying that uh miyazaki's son made it right or is it involved with um it? i think it was involved. He, he's a little involved in it not miyazaki himself not miyazaki himself yeah there was a miscommunication i think because i i feel like it started going around. Miyazaki started doing this 3D stuff or something at one point on Twitter. So that's, that's actually upset. good. Like, what the hell? That's actually a good thing because Miyazaki, this is kind of going back a little bit to the last segment, but it's fine. Um, I should have included it earlier. Miyazaki did, in fact, put out a, C, a single CG film. It was, I think it's only like 10 minutes. Um, I think it's called Boro the Caterpillar. Yep, it's a 2018 film, Borrow the Caterpillar, um, by Hayao Miyazaki. It's only 14 minutes, but it is it does use CG. And it was made for the Studio Ghibli Museum, because if you go to Japan, there is a Ghibli Museum you can go to. Mm. Which, I imagine, when we all go to Japan, we're going to want to go to that. But pro oh, tip... Sure. Pro tip, uh, because my cousin Quentin, I know you don't listen to this, but shout out to you, recently went to Japan, and if any of you guys are out there trying to go to the Studio Ghibli Museum, you can only buy tickets off of the Studio Ghibli Museum's website. If you try to go through like a third-party provider, you might not get them, because they're super regimented in letting people in. So they sell them, they have X amount of tickets per day, and they sell them based on the hour that you're going so you can buy a ticket for one you can buy a ticket for two you can buy a ticket for three and they sell out super fast and you have to buy them from their website which means you have to get on japan time to order them mm. so if you're an american trying to go to the studio ghibli museum to watch miyazaki's borrow the caterpillar because i'm sure that's the the reason everyone's going of course um, of course um, you have to buy it from the website or that's the best way because these third-party ticket providers, if you try to buy it through them, you don't know when they're actually like, or even if they will be able to get one for that time slot. So buy it from the website, get it the time slot, camp the website, make sure you're on Japan time, whatever. But yeah, Saeed, you are correct. He did do a CG short film. Gotcha. But, but um, this one which what is it earwig and the witch um, that was goro this is a full length yeah it's goro and it's full length instead of short form mm -hmm. but 
Uh, last note on G-Kids, they did partner with another Western company called Shout Factory uh, just to distribute the digital versions of if you're trying to buy a movie digitally because people do that. Um, you can buy them. It's through Shout Factory partnered with G-Kids so you know you're getting the legit one. But like Saeed alluded to, there is one new way to watch these Studio Ghibli movies. Saeed, what, what app is this from? This is HBO Max, HBO's new streaming service that they opened um, up recently. Not affiliate, not affiliated, and none of us have it. But if HBO, if you're listening, and you want us to plug some <laughs> HBO Max, we can do a review. We got you to get your uh, new we little got startup you. started. We'd be gracious enough to help you guys out. I know you're just mm-hmm. starting out, but yeah, we can help spread the word about HBO. Yeah, yeah. People probably haven't heard of HBO Max before, so you know. People probably haven't heard of HBO, to be honest. What is um, what is that? I don't know how they got what studio is that? Ghibli stuff. So. Uh, HBO? I don't know. Is it is is HBO Iron Blooded Orphans? Iron Blooded Orphans. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one reference. <laughs> oh, we need it. Oh, we need it. <laughs> oh man, but um, yo, you could so probably. I remember you could probably say like what Disney. Because of Disney's influence, even though their translations and English dubs were kind of questionable, that's probably why all of us knew Spirited Away. Yeah, probably. They showed it at some of my schools. Yeah. Yep. I remember watching it in high school. Good times. Mm -hmm. And Miss, I think it was Miss Vistoris' class. Shout out, Miss Vistoris, Forest Park High School, 20. Shout out, Miss before you became (laughs) Vistoris. Shout out to Saeed's class making her cry. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but that's Jeez. a story that will not be told on this podcast. <laughs> Hit me um, up in my DMs if you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, Demetrius, you actually... I think you sent it. Amonit might have sent it. Saeed might have sent it. I might have sent it. The internet has blown up a couple of times because Ghibli movies are on Netflix. And people got very excited. Yo, I was so. Oh my they gosh. saw the. I was hyped. They saw the headlines. Saw the headlines. Studio Ghibli movies are now available on Netflix. But yo, what what place can you not watch these Ghibli movies on Netflix? Of course, America. America. So that's a perfect thing into our next sponsor, NordVPN, bro. If you guys wanna. <laughs> you guys want to watch no we're not sponsored by nordvpn but that's the only way that you're going to be able to watch these on netflix is by using some sort of vpn service to virtually put yourself international in some international region to watch because it's content locked so if you want to watch ghibli movies streamed you have to have hbo max in america just the way it is paywalls Um, but mm -hmm, that's paywalls indeed bro uh, but that's the way that's the way that goes. So that's that's our little Western partnership section. Uh, wrapping it up, we're just going to talk a little bit about some offshoots that we hinted at a little little earlier, and kind of the way that the future is going of Studio Ghibli. Um, something that I personally did not even know, which I brought up, was all the animators that have worked at Studio Ghibli that have gone to do big things. So. Let me know if you guys have heard of some of these. Uh, maybe not the people, but their works. So other popular Studio Ghibli animators and character designers will include uh, Masashi Ando. He went on to do a little series called Paranoia Agent and a movie called Paprika. Yo, I wanted to watch Paprika Ooh. on Amazon Prime, but again, paywall. Paywall. <laughs> it's there. I, Amazon I've seen Prime it. is not free for everything. Paprika as well. Mm-hmm. Again, movie nights, movie nights, yo. Right, 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 right. Um, Makiko Futaki did just a little, uh, little movie. Went to went to work on a little movie called Akira or Akira. Oh wow! Big, big movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge. Kenichi, which if you think about, if you think about it, yo, what was going on in that movie? when it's like kind of post-apocalyptic type of thing or not not post-apocalyptic but some bleak times mm-hmm. uh tokyo 2020 olympics that ended up not happening oh. bro i mean look at look at today look at look at the day and age today with everything going on uh, hmm. it's like the simpsons bro yo good health 
Mm, oh man. Um, so next we got Kenichi Yoshida did a little anime series called Eureka Seven or Eureka Seven. Oh wow. Um, hmm. However you want to pronounce that, I know in the series they pronounce her name Eureka, but I was called Eureka. 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 I don't. I don't know how to feel about um, that. And maybe it was just some of that English from them trying to say Eureka in Japanese. But um, probably the biggest name, much to my chagrin, uh, who not only worked as a character designer, and this one's a little questionable because he worked as a character designer on Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, which if you think about those character designs, this is... is Yeah, it's it's not technically Ghibli. Um, If you think about those character designs, what I'm about to say will very much make sense, especially with some of the monster designs. But this... This individual did come back to Studio Ghibli for their one and only voice acting role as the main character in The Wind Rises in 2015. Um, Interesting. And that person is a little Hideaki Hideaki Anno. Made famous for Neon Genesis Evangelion and Shin Godzilla. He made Eva? He made Eva, yeah. Bro. <laughs> yep, so... Word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ava's do look like those weird little slug things in Nausicaa. Uh-huh. So if you think... I didn't know that. So, um... Because I knew he made Ava, but I didn't know he did the Nausicaa stuff. Like, helped with character designs for the movie. But when you really think about it, like... It's there. Yo, as much so, as much as I am not necessarily a fan of Ava, Ramiel... I like Ramiel. Ooh. It's a very interesting concept. The design... The designs and the concepts are very cool. Um, even in and Shin Godzilla, the the Godzilla remake was kind of, mm-hmm. or the the rework of his design was very interesting. Damn, the Ghibli slash Miyazaki coaching tree, I guess, runs deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the that stable. Run deep. Um, and that's only a handful of people, like the most notable. There are others that have done smaller anime movies, smaller anime series. Like like Saeed just said, the, the roots and Demetrius just said, the roots run really deep. Um, but the biggest non-Ghibli uh, event, but it's still kind of related, is the forming of Studio Ponok. Or Ponok, however you want to pronounce it. I don't know how it's pronounced. Now, Studio Ponok, if you look at their, like, the font they use, if you look at their logo, literally the exact same as Studio Ghibli. But instead of using Totoro as their mascot they're using mary from a movie mary and the witch's flower it's their lone feature film available on netflix i believe it's on netflix yeah it's on mm-hmm. netflix i i loved it it is the most ghibli movie that is not made by studio ghibli that i've ever seen i haven't seen it but yet. the reason behind that is oh it's it's so good it's very like it doesn't have it lacks some of the nuances of like spirited away with some like the main character doesn't really have any internal conflict there's just stuff happening around her uh but it does have very spirited away type of vibes uh, but there's a reason it does because way back at the beginning of this episode kind of um we mentioned that Hayao Miyazaki after the wind rises decided to retire in 2015 now he is currently unretired working on this movie that who knows when it's ever going to come out but when he retired, Studio Ghibli decided to have this mass kind of restructuring of the company. They decided to take a break, halt production on their movies, and just figure out how they wanted to move forward without their big Halo anime director that filled the seats at the theaters in. Well, April 2015 rolls around, the studio's kind of restructuring, and a guy by the name of Yoshiaki Nishimura, who was a lead producer at Studio Ghibli already, who had his hand in a lot of some of their popular movies, uh, comes out and leaves Studio Ghibli along with a few other animators and uh, producers from the company to form Studio Ponoc in 2015. So, again, they've put out like one little mini compilation of movies, of like short films, and then one actual full-length movie, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is available on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Uh, very, very original Ghibli in the way it feels, or old school Ghibli in the way it feels with the fantasy settings. 
Um, and it is, again, because that pedigree, they went off, they broke off from Ghibli, they founded their own place. And, um, yeah, everyone, everyone's always asking who the next Miyazaki is about to be. Um, so, who knows? Could come from Studio Ponok. But the last note of the future, and again, Saeed, give your, give your quick thoughts on this, is um, this Earwig and the Witch. So their first CG film slated to be released this year. Um, Goro Miyazaki, what are, are you? Check it. Check out the 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 screenshots of it because that's how I. It, it looks how I imagine a Ghibli movie would look. But what are your what are your ultimate uh, final thoughts on if they were to continue through with CG? Like, would you be about it or? No, not at all. I don't think I'd watch it. Straight up, I don't think I would watch it if it was... Unless their animation mm-hmm. or their... If it got better, I guess. Because you brought up Lupin the Third earlier this podcast. And mm-hmm. Lupin the Third is also getting an animated... Uh, or 3D animated... Uh, whatchamacallit? Movie. And that trailer looks good. Like, the animation style fits the art style. What is this? If somehow Ghibli really can... If Ghibli can replicate that in a Ghibli art style then I'd be okay with the 3D. The only problem I have with the 3D, it doesn't, it doesn't look like Ghibli, if that makes sense. Because Ghibli, yeah, in my mind, has weird. a distinct look. Yeah. If the 3D it can model like, a Ghibli art style, then it would be good. To me, it looks like almost what I would imagine Ghibli would look like 3D, but it still feels kind of like, it feels bootlegged. Yeah, like, yeah. They took a picture of a 2D uh, picture, like character of Ghibli and then tried to model them in 3D. Instead mm-hmm. of modeling them straight up 3D, if that may, you gotta you have to look up how they look uh, to understand it because we can't show. But right. um, I'm a fan of uh, hand drawn animation over 3D animation in general, so I have a little bias that way too. Yo, you know what this is? You know what this whole thing is? Um, who's who did I say is doing this? Goro Miyazaki, son of Hayao Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. If this man Miyazaki walked out on his son's first hand-drawn full-length feature film and Hayao Miyazaki outside of Boro the, the Caterpillar said he doesn't like CG anime imagine what he's about to say about this one. <laughs> oh, he's gonna say it was a mistake <laughs> anime was, was a, mistake. a mistake oh no oh it it can be real rough CG and anime can be real rough which who knows that's another that's another podcast topic uh, we can talk about down the road because I know Demetrius, you have very strong thoughts about the excellence that is the 2016 Berserk series. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have strong, I have strong <laughs> thoughts on on that a lot. Um, but anyone, anyone have some closing thoughts on this kind of little mini history lesson of Studio Ghibli? Uh, I need to watch more these. Uh, I need to watch more Ghibli films because I've only seen a handful. You guys have seen a lot more than I have. So there's there's a lot more that I have to experience. But this is cool. I didn't know I didn't know a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff. Straight up, I need to experience more non Miyazaki ones. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, same. I wanna get more into what's the other guy's name? Takahata. Uh, Takahata, yeah. I need to get because yeah. I, I loved Grapes of the Firefly. So if he has two other ones that got critically acclaimed on Rotten Tomatoes with 100%. I'm, I'm going to have to check those out. Princess of Ka- uh, Kaguya, the princess? The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tale of Princess Kaguya. And then what's the other one? Um, something about neighbors. Yesterday? Yeah. Uh, or no, no, only yesterday. Only yesterday. Only yesterday. Only yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe there's like, at least for me, I don't know. It might be the same with you guys. There was this... I kind of had this notion initially, even kind of now until I started doing research where I'd go into like a Best Buy or something and I'd see the anime movies they had for sale and I'd see a Studio Ghibli film, but it wouldn't have Miyazaki's name on it. And I'd be like, eh. Right. Yeah. Because the the art style is very different, um, especially on Tale of Princess Kaguya. It looks very different than like the Miyazaki film I'm comfortable with, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of his, one but, of the draws is familiarity with the style. Mm-hmm. Even like, if the story, you know different. what you're gonna get. 
And that's kind of why uh, his last movie, The Wind Rises, got kind of dragged a little bit. Because it was the first one he decided to make for adults. Because he, he goes in with the mindset that he's making movies almost for, like, uh, children or more of a whimsical feel. But The Wind Rises was almost a historical um, historical interpreta- interpretation movie about the engineer that helped make the Japanese Zero aircraft popularized in World War II. Uh, which itself brought some controversy because you're making... Uh, a movie where the main character is the guy that made an airplane that ended up killing so many people, right? Right. Um, so, lots of things working against The Wind Rises. I've heard it's okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched that one. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Neither it didn't I. really seem to interest me. Because at the end of the day, and we'll talk about this next time, because, uh, sl- spoiler alert if you're here to the end, the next episode, we're going to be talking about kind of what we like about Studio Ghibli, uh, favorite Our movies or memories takes, behind right, it. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, per- personal takes on it. Um, the Wind Rises isn't what I go to Studio Ghibli movies for, if that makes sense. Like, yes, yeah, um, I'm not trying to go for that more serious, realistic uh, film. But we'll elaborate that on the next episode, everybody. So thank you all for listening. Um, again, check our Instagram out at backlog underscore bebop just backlog bebop uh take part in some of the shout outs we did earlier some of the the fan questions or comments that we have talk with us we respond back you know um we got we got a nice little crowd we got a nice little group out of all you guys what do you guys want to be called you know Bebobbers? what are we gonna have the audience Bops? be called what you want the beboppers some Bebo- some bop heads beboops my beboopies. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm calling you guys comment question. I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> Yo. We'll work on it. We'll work comment on it question together. Of the day. <laughs> yeah. Comment question of the day. Let's. What do you think you should be called? Would you be interested in t-shirts? Um, I don't know if I brought it up. This is probably going to be the first episode with our, our new logo, maybe. Um, but even if it's not, we have one in the works, courtesy of... The very talented Demetrius, who happens to be here oh, right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, bleep out my mm-hmm, last name, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, will, oh, I, will, I will. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, I put, I put it in there for the comedy. I put it in there for the comedy. <laughs> um, but follow, follow his, uh, follow his art Instagram. What's your art Instagram called? Uh, hold on a sec. I forgot. <laughs> it's been so long since i've been on it we're, we're plugging ourselves we're plugging oh, ourselves hard demi right underscore art 26 that's what it is right now mm-hmm. it potential to mm-hmm. change d-e-m-e uh-huh anyways 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 all jokes aside all little all little edits and beeps aside thank you all for listening look forward to our next episode more of our personal takes on um personal takes on studio ghibli studio ghibli final comment question of the day do you call it ghibli or ghibli spell out ghibli with the j my name is wes this was demetrius and saeed you guys know what to hit them with to be continued bebop don't stop peace